All right, so it was a bad, bad weekend for uh, New York football. Uh, the Giants were embarrassed on Sunday Night Football, a game that I was looking forward to. Uh, you know, since the beginning of the season, you sort of circle and mark down those Sunday Night games. They always seem to be special. Um, the best broadcast, uh, the best broadcast team. Uh, it's the last game of the day. All eyes on that team, and, and it seems all eyes on that game. And it seems like that game um, is the game of the week. It, it's certainly more important than playing a you know the usual one o'clock game, and it's certainly more important than the Monday night game and the Thursday night game, and the Giants are embarrassed in Philadelphia. But uh, on the other end of things, the New York Jets lost once again. Their fifth straight loss now, 1-5. The season is slowly, uh, or maybe not really slowly, sort of quickly now fading on them. It, it was slowly a few weeks ago, and uh, it's spiraling out of control pretty quickly. And joining me today to talk a little Jets football for the third time this season is Tim Duff, uh, my good friend and a Jets uh, fanatic, Jets super fan, and he joins me today to talk about the state of the Jets as they play Thursday night football in a short week after losing to Peyton Manning. They'll get Tom Brady and the Patriots on the road. Tim, how's it going today? Well, you know, it's a tough week to quit sniffing glue. Uh, these 12 days for us Jets, between us Jets fans, between uh, Philip Rivers and uh Tom Brady, and then you know a little guy called Peyton Manning in the middle. Uh, it, it, it's it's as rough as uh, as everyone I guess expected it to be, except for maybe me. But uh, <laughs> I never I never learned. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm not enjoying uh, enjoying things right now. Feels feels a lot like uh, feels very familiar. But uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's I think at the. Uh... You know, when we're done recording this, I might go back in our previous two podcasts, the one we did right before the season started, and then one we did um, like three weeks ago, I want to say, maybe four of September. Oh, yeah, like four weeks ago. Um, I want to splice up when I go, Tim, how you doing today? Because the first week you came out hard, you took a shot at the Giants right away, you felt great about the Jets, you know, this is it, they could make a run here, they could win the East. The next time, you know, you were like, hey – Things haven't gone as well as planned. They're one and two, but they could bounce back here. They just got to get to three and four to keep themselves in the playoff hunt, in the playoff race. And now they're one and five, and they've missed that three and four mark. And they got to win this week just to even sort of salvage that seven game stretch. And they finish up this six week gauntlet, uh, which they haven't won a game in yet. Zero oh and five, and you know things started out so promising for you just about six weeks ago, and now things have turned for the worse. Yeah, uh, on that road to three and four, they uh, they took a massively uh, wrong wrong <laughs> turn there. And uh, yeah, if we do another one of these, you may want to do a video podcast because you'll see a man unshaven with you know un- unclean and you know probably full of a few uh, bourbons, uh, barely able to speak. If if uh, this this road keep prog- progresses uh, keeps progressing as it has, but. You see, I'm so distraught. I can't even speak uh, properly tonight. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's bad. I mean, you know, I think the playoffs are, you know, basically uh, a faint glimmer uh, of a possibility at this point. And, and all we can, I think, really hope for is just to keep it interesting. Um, you know, it puts a lot on this game tomorrow because uh, if they don't win, that's it. If they do, maybe there's hope. If you could get back to five and five, maybe even four and six, the schedule does get a lot easier after this week. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I'm not I'm not holding my breath. Well, 
you had uh, the last time we talked. You had just gone to Green Bay. They were actually one and one the last time we talked. They just you they had uh, just gone to Green Bay. You had just gone to Green Bay, and you lost that bet, and you had to wear the Packers jersey. And you told me, um, you know, you're going to Monday Night Football against the Bears. It's uh, right around your birthday. Um, you know, you were pumped about it. You had to wear this Packers jersey, but whatever. They're one and one. They come home for Chicago and Detroit. Um, and really, that Bears game going back on, I mean, that's a game they could have won. They they probably should have won, given, uh, you know, the way they played, the way the Bears played, how inconsistent the Bears have been. Um, they, they, they only lost by a touchdown against the Lions at home. Then they go to San Diego with one of the most embarrassing losses maybe in franchise history. And then they follow that up with a performance against the Broncos where – you know, if the Broncos had been minus 21, I probably would have taken them if it was some college spread, you know, three touchdown favorite. But they held their own with the Broncos. Uh, they even held a lead for a while, and they, they eventually lose by 14 uh, thanks to a pick six. But it was a lot closer than the score uh, indicates at 31-17. So, you know, the Jets have really been up and down, and it's hard to get a, a very good read at them. I know going into the games, I feel like it's going to be hard for them to even get the ball in the red zone, let alone get it into the end zone once they get it there. But um, you know, I don't know what to make of this team. I don't know if you know what to make of this team because for five straight losses, they've been five, uh, you know, pretty odd and unusual losses because no loss has, you know, sort of mirrored or mimicked the other one. Yeah, it, it, it's really tough to, to figure out. And I think that's a big problem for the Jets themselves. I don't think they know what they are and, and, and who they are because there's no real, you know, there's nothing they can really hang their hat on and, and build around. I mean, the things that they do do well, they can't seem to either figure out with a way to do it well for a whole game or or focus on it. I mean, the the running game is what you know. Chris Ivory is is averaging you know close to five yards a carry, and he's touching the ball ten times. But when he does run and when they work it in, they're you know the other team's ready for it because they know that the best player they may have on offense could be Chris Ivory. And, you know, he, he does get the yardage, but they're not using him in a way that can be effective. And, you know, they can't spread the field. So that's not helping the run game either. On defense, you know, they have a very dominant uh, front line, which has, you know, been consistently good. But, you know, where are the turnovers? We get a big sack and then they still convert, you know, and get a first down after a sack, which – you know, statistically, that you know, it shouldn't happen nearly as much as it does. It's it's really hard to figure out. I mean, I think there have been a lot of bad breaks, and there's just it's like every aspect is going like almost well enough where it's like if it was just a step better, they they could get there and win some of these games. Like they're just like kind of just floating on the surface, like just riding the line and just not doing like one play more that any aspect of the team needs to get a little momentum going and finish in some way or play for a complete, uh, you know, game. Well, they've had four home games now, Oakland, Chicago, Detroit, and this past Sunday against Denver. Have you, have you been at all four? Uh, I stopped going after the Chicago game. Uh, you know, <laughs> I decided uh, <laughs> three games in a row is a lot. You know, I also I enjoy watching the games on TV, you know, for obvious reasons. Football is a great TV uh, sport. Uh, you know, I would have gone to Denver if they actually showed up for the San Diego game. Um, but, you know, uh, I needed a break, and, and it was a great game to watch at home. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I will make it back to some more games, but... Um, 
yeah, yeah, it, it's it's hard when uh, they're 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 putting up the stinkers like like they can't. You know, one thing that's you know been hurting. I I was thinking about some of the games I've been to where you know like this like Broncos game, they were in it, they had a chance, and they kept it interesting to the very end. But unlike other teams, even last year. I never felt okay. They they actually can do this, and they'll they'll pull that surprise win. I mean, Sanchez actually had a few great games where he came from behind, like against uh, Dallas on the anniversary of September 11th. I was at that game, and like I, I had a feeling that they could do it, and they came back and won. They had the year before they had a great come from behind win against Houston, and there's been numerous ones. Last year, Gino, you know, led the team to beat Tampa Bay in the home opener. And this year, like, I've never had the sense that they have enough, you know, moxie in the end of the game late to do what it, what they need to, to come from behind and win. And, you know, while I knew they could keep it interesting, I never thought they were actually going to pull off the victory. And the same thing with Chicago and, you know, with Green Bay. It's like they had the opportunity and they just couldn't get there. Well, when I said, you know, had you, had you gone to the home games, I was going to ask, you know, at what point I, do you, do you stop, you know, caring about this team? Do you stop going to the games? Do you stop watching? I mean, at one in five, if they lose on Thursday night, you know, is that it? Are you, are you done with the Jets for this season if they lose on Thursday night? No, I'm, I'm, I'm too sad in that regard. I'll probably be at games in December in the freezing cold if they're <laughs> even if they're one in fifteen. I mean, I'll find someone that you know think it would be cool to go to a football game. I'll drink a lot of bourbon. And, you know, I'll join in, you know, the harassment uh, because I don't know. I mean, if, if there's a reason to go, I, I will. And I do plan on going to more games and I'm going to watch every single game. And, you know, at this point, you know, it's not over yet. And like I said, I, I will be far more, you know, disgruntled if they lose uh, Thursday, which, you know, I'm prepared for that to happen. Uh, but I think, you know, the other thing with the Jets is they always manage to torture you enough you know, by keeping it interesting to kind of just, you know, keep the carrot in front of you. So I have a feeling they actually will find a way to give you a reason to watch. But even if they're out of it, you know, I want to see what Gino can do. I want to see if he can get any better. I want to see how Jason Morrow continues to develop. And you can watch games this year that help you look forward for next year because, you know, you get used to it as a Jets fan having to kind of take that approach sometimes. But, you know, I, I'm I'm never the guy to throw it in and say, you know, screw them. I'm I'm not going to watch any more games. I'm just, you know, I'm too I'm too deeply rooted into it at this point. Uh, you know, because I don't want to be that guy. I want to be able to say I stuck through them the whole time, and I may die before I get that gratification. But you know, I'm going to stick with it. Well, you mentioned how if this uh, keeps going the way it does, you'll still be there. You'll still watch the team. You want to see, you know, what Geno Smith has to offer. If it's anything at this point, and you know, going into the season, our first podcast, we talked a lot about him and if he really is the franchise quarterback for the Jets, if he really is the future. And we've texted a lot about it since, even tweeted about it. And you keep saying, you know, I'll give him one more game, I'll give him more, more, more game. Are you at the point where he has no more games left to prove you? Well, it's weird. It's gone so far where there's almost no point to give anyone else any more games. Because, you know, I would have said – Look, if, if he threw three picks in the first half of San Diego and they brought Vic in and Vic had a spark, then, okay, maybe Vic could get you on the right track. But then you got Vic who, you know, is saying he didn't even prepare for the game and clearly wants to, at this point in his career, I think, just like 
practice, get a paycheck, and not have to deal with all of the nonsense of, you know, the attention that you get as a starting quarterback, you know, what, what would the point be of putting him in unless we somehow do down the road, you know, get back in it and, you know, something happens where you need Vic in. But we're one in five. You know, Vic is not going to turn the season around. You know, you saw what happened when you put him in at San Diego. So you have no choice but to now ride Geno out and just, you know, see what you have. And if he can get you some wins and get things moving, then great. If he doesn't, then okay. You start as soon uh, as that last game ends, figuring out who your quarterback's going to be next year. Well, you got to figure out who the quarterback's going to be, and probably you're going to have to start to figure out who the coach is going to be because I don't really know what Rex Ryan is doing. You'd think that a guy who's basically coaching for his job this season, or he actually is coaching for his job this season, and who knows, he might be coaching it for week to week, but I think if this team is already out of it, um, you know, Woody Johnson probably doesn't want to have to pay him and pay another guy to step in, um, you know, at midseason. So it's it's likely that Rex will lose his job at the end of this year. Uh, whether that's fair or not because of the team he was given, you know, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, John Edzik has a lot to do with that, and we'll get to him. But for Rex, it seems to me like if I was in Rex's spot, and granted Michael Vick's not the quarterback of the future for the Jets, but Right now, Geno Smith doesn't seem to be either, and Rex's future is game to game, you know, week to week. He probably has, uh, what, 10 games left in his Jets career. You'd think he'd want to go with the proven guy, the guy who's won, who's been successful at the NFL level, and you'd think he'd want to play Vic over Geno, but maybe he's, you know, handcuffed and maybe he's being told he can't. Uh, It just seems like Rex is sort of, you know, coaching himself right out of his own job. Uh, That's interesting, and, you know, I agree with a lot of that in the sense that he is coaching himself out of his job, but I don't think it's because he's sticking with Gino. I mean, while Gino has not been good, he has not gotten a lot of help. I mean, we talked about this even in the last podcast, and it's consistent. The, the, the drop passes have been terrible. You know, the players around him are not making the plays they need to when he does do something well. You know, the line has deteriorated in their, in their coverage these last two games especially. And, you know, Gino actually played pretty well. I mean, yeah, he had that pick six at the end of the game, but at that point it's like, you know, you're going for broke. And, you know, while he's like the king of pick sixes, I don't put that in the same category as as some of the other ones he's thrown. Um, And, and, you know, I I think a lot of these issues are more, you know, I I put more on Rex. I mean, you know, the, the way that they came and played on both sides, ball against San Diego was atrocious and the penalties while they were better last week have been terrible and the game planning uh, where has it been I mean I think everything took a small step forward last week in Denver but it obviously wasn't enough but you know leading up to that point I think yeah the coaching has really been suspect from a lot of angles I mean Rex has been terrible with clock management and when he calls timeouts and things like that um, but you know, I, the Gino thing, I, I think if I were him, you know, I would stick with Gino cause he does give you the best chance and there's enough blame to go around that, you know, I think he sees that the switch to Vic isn't gonna, isn't gonna salvage it. And yeah, I, Rex is, is probably coaching himself out of, of his, of his job. And I've been a huge supporter of him, but you know, with what I'm seeing now, I don't think he's he's the guy to lead this team because I feel like there is talent here when you see how they played the first, you know, 
half against Green Bay and, you know, the, the flashes that they've had with some of the personnel that you know can play football, you know, the fact that they're not finishing or doing enough uh, on either side of the ball to disrupt the, the opposite side, um, it just shows that the, the coaching needs to pick up a little bit. Well, that was going to be my next thing is that you know, you're such a big Rex guy. You know, you, you love having him as your coach. You've liked him um, his entire tenure in New York, but it seems like you're pretty much you know set on him leaving, and you seem to be okay with that. I'm not set on him leaving. I mean, I, it, it, we're only six games into the season, okay? Uh, while it's very improbable to come back from one and five and make the playoffs or, or have a competitive team, I do feel this is the type of team that is going to get better as the year goes on based on, you know, a lot of the young personnel and, and still trying to, you know, figure out their identity. And their schedule was brutal for the first, these first six, you know, going on to seven weeks. And their schedule does get dramatically easier later on. So I think it is possible to turn it around enough for Rex to keep his job even if he doesn't make the playoffs. And, you know, if there's enough improvement. So I'm not, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. And, and But if it does happen, I'll be okay with it. You know, unless he makes the playoffs, which if he does, he won't lose his job. Uh, if he made the playoffs and lost his job, yeah, I wouldn't feel good about it. But, yeah, at this point, I'm okay if someone else comes in next year because he's had plenty of chances. Well, I'm still rooting for him. I still want him to, you know, I still want him to succeed. <laughs> well, it's even more, uh, you know, uh, twisted and there's more you know um, you know it's more complicated as John Idzik's situation where you know he's put this team you know very far under the salary cap went out and didn't spend money on guys that certainly would have helped them and certainly would have helped them this season and you know maybe he has a, a grander you know plan a bigger plan for down the road with the Jets and I'm sure he does and I'm sure there's a reason why he he didn't go out and spend on uh, players before the season started but he also is in a very unique situation because when he was hired um, they kept Rex Ryan. Uh, they didn't put Rex and Tannenbaum together and get rid of them both. So Woody Johnson, right off the bat, sort of you know gave Idzik two chances at this, saying, you know, you're going to be the GM, and if Rex doesn't work out, well, you can't get that pinned on you. So you're going to have a chance to go out and get your own coach and start over. So it's almost as if Idzik's got a chance here to work with Rex and Gino, could possibly get rid of both of them and start over with a new coach and a new quarterback and get a second cycle as the GM and, and use the money under the cap for down the road. But at the same time, you know, he sort of sabotaged this season by not spending the entire money, not giving Rex the best team and, and putting this franchise in the best position to succeed in 2014. It just seems like John Idzik, you know, he, he did a terrible, terrible job this year. And it almost goes to show that, you know, everyone – um, you know, used to give Mike Tannenbaum a bad rap, but they did go to back-to-back AFC Championship games under his watch. They were never in a position like the one they're in this year, and uh, it just seems like the Jets have taken so many steps back backwards since Idzik became GM, and I don't really know what their future is at this point. Sure. Um, all that makes a lot of sense, and I've definitely, you know, thought a lot about, you know, these two mindsets between, you know, these two GMs that we've had uh, and yeah, it's frustrating to know there's all this money there and there were certain players that they could go for that they didn't. Um, and especially how bad it's been with the secondary, you know, they put oh, too much stock in, in unproven and injury prone players, you know, like at cornerback in McDougal and Milner, both 
with injury history and concerns and, uh, you know, still young and developing. And I feel, I mean, Milner played really well before he got hurt. And by the way, why he's on, you know, a, a field goal, uh, you know, rushing the kicker. I mean, again, it was a freak accident, but like, you know, this guy just got back on the field. Why give him another opportunity to hurt himself? Cause guess what he took? But anyway, I, it, it's frustrating. And I don't think he sabotaged the season. I just think he took a gamble because I do think Isaac is looking further ahead. And he, yes, I think he does want to win now, but I think he, he, he's hedging his bets for the future as opposed to going all in for now. And, and that, and the backfire is the teams of, under Tenenbaum did really deteriorate, um, very quickly after all that money was spent on all these players. And he is starting fresh. And I think you got to give a GM at least three years to see what they have. You know, there, there's the turnover, you know, it takes three years a lot of times for rookies to develop. Uh, you know, he could be kind of eyeing the free agency class this year, which if you look at some of the receivers and corners that become free agents this, this next year, you know, there's a lot more interest. And, you know, we got to sign our own players. This money does roll over. So while, yes, it's very frustrating now, I'm not going to write him off until I see what happens next year. If we're twenty million under next year, you know I'll be out there, you know, pick, you know, with a, a torch and a pitchfork, uh, calling for his head with everybody else. But you know, I, I tend to be a little bit more patient than most, you know, fans and critics, and especially Jets fans are with these type of things. And you know, I think you gotta, with both of them, see how the full season plays out and see how players are playing and how certain things happen before, you know. You, you make your judgment. Well, the thing that sucks, and, you know, I'm certainly not a Jets fan. I don't root for the Jets. But, you know, I also hate the Patriots uh, with a strong passion. And early on in the season when the Patriots were struggling and the Jets were coming off that week one win and they went out to Green Bay, um, you know, had that huge lead against the Packers, it looked like, you know, while they lost, it looked like maybe the Jets were finally turning that corner. Maybe they would challenge the Patriots in the East this year. And now just a few weeks later, uh, you know, the Patriots are back where they've always been. Even the Bills are in the mix. The Jets have sort of fallen apart, and the Dolphins are uh, treading water. But uh, now you turn to Thursday night, another Jets-Patriots game, uh, another Thursday night Jets-Patriots game. And, you know, what are your feelings going into this game? I mean, if you're going to save this season, if it can't even be saved at this point, it's going to have to start with a win on the road in New England where uh, not very many teams have won since 2001, and the Jets haven't really won that much there either. So, uh, you know, what's your outlook on this game and how optimistic for you, the most optimistic Jets fan I've ever met, are you going into this game? Uh, I don't think they're going to win, but I think they can win. Um you know, I think it will be a close game. I think even when the Jets lose the Patriots, for the most part under Rex Ryan, they, they've risen to the occasion. I mean, we had a similar situation last year. It was Thursday night in New England, and the game went into overtime. And Geno made some very bad plays that game, and they still kept it very close. They almost won it. Um, I think the Patriots are very banged up, as are the Jets. But, um, you know, I think that helps. I think, you know, again, Rex is coaching for his job and has nothing to lose. I think all the players are going to feel like they have nothing to lose. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be an exciting game to watch. And if the Jets can pull out a win, uh, and they know, you know, Rex knows how to get to Brady sometimes, you know, if they can get the run game going, if Amaro and Decker can, you know, 
build off of what they both were doing last week. Uh, I think that the Jets have, have a good shot. And, you know, if they win, the Patriots will have two losses in the division. They'll only be two games behind or two games ahead of the Jets. The Jets will be 1-0 in the division. And, again, I'm grasping at straws here. I know <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm not delusional. Uh, but, you know, then you, you could say, okay, let's, let's get a little momentum and then see what the Jets can do. They're going to have very little wiggle room, but, you know, they might be able to do something. If they lose, then, yeah, and the season's over. Good stuff. But I, I think, I think this, this could be one of the best uh, Thursday night games all season because they've been freaking terrible. And I think on top of that, we're due for an exciting Thursday night game. And, you know, what better than uh, one of the more fun rivalries in football to watch? And even if it's a blowout, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people entertained uh, just because of the fact that it's the Jets uh, when they watch the game Thursday night. I agree. I do think, you know, part of me thinks this could be a game, and uh, I don't know. There's just something to it, and I know the Patriots are double-digit favorites, and the Jets have just been terrible for over a month now. But, um, you know, you look at this game here, and at 1-5, and five, I can feel it in your voice. I can, you know, you want to erupt, and I feel like if they do, you're going to be back on the, the optimism bandwagon, and you're going to think the season's <laughs> safe. It doesn't take much for me to get excited again. That is very true. So, yeah, if they win, you know, first of all, you know, I've been very quiet with all my, uh, you know, Boston College uh, Patriots uh, fan friends. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't take me very long to get that phone out and start sending obnoxious <laughs> text as soon as uh, something goes my way. And usually that comes back to bite me in the ass. But, yeah, I mean, if they win, you know, and, and they play well, you know, there, there could be something to talk about. Maybe, <laughs> you know. So so right now, you know, they this season, really, I, I think it comes down to this game because if you have six losses, I mean, that's that's pretty much a wrap unless you're going to go on some historical run. So I think if yeah. the season's going to be saved, it starts with a win on Thursday night. I think that's the only way. And if not, you know, they're going to have a long, a long, long time to play out this string and just finish up this season and look toward the next season. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, this, this is uh, the game that it all hinges on, uh, I think. Uh, so, you know, at least it will happen Thursday and then I can, you know, have the weekend to help me forget about it, you know, maybe avoid football <laughs> Sunday and, and, uh, you know, I'll have extra time to recoup, uh, if, if it does go wrong. Uh, but you know, we'll see what happens. It, it, it's going to be an interesting game to watch for sure. All right, Tim. Well, I'm this week, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for the Jets to beat the Patriots and, uh, and certainly we'll talk again soon whether the, the Jets season comes uh, crashing to an end after just seven weeks on Thursday night in New England or if uh, they could save their season and prove to 2-5 and five, and then they've got Buffalo you know, following that next week and, and that's a game, a home game, and I'm sure if the Jets win on Thursday, you'll be at that game against Buffalo on the 26th. Yeah, I'll probably be there. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, uh, we'll talk again soon and uh, good luck this week and uh, – and, uh, yeah, I hope I hope things work out for you because uh, it will be more exciting if the Jets can, you know, at least stay in the mix and give you a few more weeks of football. <laughs> yeah, I would appreciate that. All right, well, thanks for having me, Neil, and uh, we'll talk soon.